uh, overall normal con experience. Right on. I bought dice. <laughs> so, Did you really? I bought 114 dice. <laughs> okay, so it was another Gen Con for Sam. Par for the course. Get, get genuinely, a, oh my god. Uh, 100 d6 and then two sets of polish control. Oh, wait, are, I'm sorry, Sam. Are you joking right now? <laughs> I would not joke about dice, Eric Campbell. You bought, wait. <laughs> this is not a joke. I was going along with it because I was like, Sam's not brain broken. I'm sure they didn't buy like a bajillion dice. Of course I uh -oh. Have you met Sam the Lab? Hey, you roughly get him. You roughly have. Uh, okay, I want to know exactly how many dice you own. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's the, that's the whole show, folks. Tonight we are not going to space. We are counting all of Sam the Lab. <laughs> How much? How many dice total, Sam? In in your whole house? You're you're muted. We can't hear you. <laughs> muted or unplugged? You decide. Oh, I think your mic is not. Your mic either fell off or because we can hear you talking, but it's. Got it. it fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's fancy and uses uh, a lav mic. Look, <laughs> a gentle envy does not give a number. <laughs> Is that a gemby? Oh. <laughs> I am a gem. Dice. Wow. <laughs> They're glittery. I've, I've ordered that, that needs to be that needs to be our GIF equivalent of a mic drop. Should be Sam <laughs> dropping a bag of these sixes. I've um, ordered a hundred D4s before of like various colors and the it's smaller than you think. Like you'd think it'd be like this big bag. Oh yeah. Not. <laughs> those those are your... there's so much room for so many. Yeah. A bag of caltrops is what that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure that's what he used them for. I'm sure but all that is to say that I had an entirely authentic Gen Con experience. It was very nice. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. I'm glad everyone had a good. Dinner. So this we haven't seen, we haven't been together as a group in a little over a week. That's why you're getting. That's why you're getting the the casual intro today, everybody. We're reconnecting. We're saying hi to the stream pucks today. Um, so uh, as for announcements, there's nothing immediate that I have to announce this evening on my end. But I would be shocked to find if Xander and Bonnie didn't have something to announce. Well, uh, Gen Con was this past weekend, so it's right. nice to have this sort of openness. Uh, this is like that end of con season time, and it's nice to just be home instead of traveling. So I got nothing. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Yes, Gina. I do have an announcement. Yes. Um, uh, I've been working on a new project with some really incredible people, and it's over at Pixel Circus. Uh, if you want to go follow them, we're launching very soon, and we're going to do some fun stuff. I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but there's, <laughs> but, but there's some amazing people that all of you have also worked with, and they're really wonderful, and, and um, it's exciting. Yay! Awesome. Tina's doing a thing. That's all the pitch I need. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, before we jump into tonight's game, you'll probably notice that we don't have a Ravity tonight. Uh, something came up, so Ravity's going to have to join us next week. So we love you and miss you, Rave. We'll see you next Monday night uh, for some more Honkitude with LaCat. Um, unless there's any other announcements, I think we can jump into tonight's episode. Yes, Sam. I have 114 new dice, and I'm excited. <laughs> and with that, let's begin tonight's episode of Clear Skies.
<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's uh, game of Clear Skies. Uh, we are picking up in a very unusual position. Tonight, the USS Ross holding its station keeping during what I would say would be a very relaxing couple of days in front of a very beautiful nebula. Uh, where the USS Ross has been conducting some passive scans and scientific gathering, has been waiting for the return of a shuttlecraft um, that has been charted to come back from one planet named Risa. A few, it's not just some of the senior staff members, a few members of the crew of the USS Ross have taken this time to jump on shuttles and go visit family members or other, fam or other like close members of their inner circles who might be on neighboring star bases within reach of warp factor. So the Ross has enjoyed a, a just two days of nothing. Passive scans, collecting scientific data from uh, celestial uh, events that are taking place in, in the, you know, in the neighboring 200 light years that you're getting, try, you're getting information from, from sci uh, Federation sensor nets. It has been basically a time to sit back, look through a telescope, reconnect with crew members, and relax a little bit. In that time, it's been very quiet from some of your senior staff members who went to RISA and other places. In particular, your senior staff, Captain Azari. Now, they were under orders to relax at RISA, but also to be aware that the rumors that had been sent to you by Starfleet Intelligence that a Ferengi with information as to an illegal arms deal or a sale of some kind that took place in the Romulan neutral zone on the Klingon side of the border might be found at Risa. Now, a lot of this evidence was completely inconclusive, but with that window of opportunity, why would you pass it up? is a good distance away, but you've got some pretty fast shuttlecraft, long distance travel, so you sent a few of the crew members of the USS Ross to take this time to kick back and enjoy what Risa had to offer. You haven't heard from them since that mission it was initiated about three days ago now. They're due today. As the USS Ross has been sitting in station keeping, sitting in your center chair with XEO by your side, um, it's about the middle of Alpha Shift. And it's a nice, relaxing shift with just the hum of the USS Ross's dual engine cores. And the occasional chirping you hear from all the work being done at the science stations, the operation stations, security. Um, it's been low key. Yeoman's, Yeoman uh, Shanto has basically just been delivering data pads to you. You've been getting uh, reports from Asmi Shanto about what's been going on on board the Ross. Um, there have been a few minor incidents, a sprained wrist in the holodeck, um, maintenance being done on some of the plasma conduits on deck 13. Uh, there have been some minor fluctuations in the power grid. This is not uncommon for the USS Ross because of how much power she's using. But uh, it, I will say this, by now, this deep into the mission, the crew of the USS Ross, our AUX crew has become very aware that the USS Ross is a big, beautiful girl who gets real temperamental sometimes and requires a lot of upkeep. There's a lot of power going through those plasma conduits all the time. And what you guys have discovered since this Ross class launched is that she requires a little more maintenance than your standard galaxy class starship or even sovereign class starship. The trade-off though is what you have discovered in this time chief tech 
is that the USS Ross has remarkable capabilities of recharging her power grid at a moment notice, which can lead to some pretty advantageous options. Anything from power transfers to other ships, as well as the use of overpowered tractor beams, which you know the captain loves. Um, all sorts of options that are available to you. The engineering team has been using this time to try to fine tune and tweak the Ross. Med, the sick bay, main sick bay and the, the, the ancillary sick bays have all been pretty quiet um, with a few injuries that of course come in from the holodeck, which is pretty standard. Uh, maybe one or two injuries in the past couple of days. Nothing unusual. All in all, it's been quiet. You are expecting the shuttlecraft to arrive within the next hour. And that is where we open our scene. With Exio sitting next to you, Captain Sull. Chief Tech is up on the engineering station behind Prawl, currently monitoring all the maintenance work that's being that's taking place on every deck of the ship from one down to 40. Um, and even Lacat and Vren have been quiet, sitting at their stations, monitoring their work, monitoring what's going on. Lacat is on the shuttle. Oh, I'm sorry, that's right. Lacat's on the shuttle. With me, yes. So Don't right. take away my. McCrell, you're not even there. Okay, so that's no. right. Lacat and McCrell are on the shuttlecraft headed back from Risa. What's up, Aki? And Olin. And Olin. Yeah, this, is just, uh, this scene is for bridge crew. What's, I'm sorry, what's up, Aki? Olin is on the shuttle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bridge crew scene. So that's who we've got on the bridge at the moment. Check the decks again. None of them are on fire? Don't do that to me, Captain. Don't do that to me. <laughs> it's a matter of time. I just, sooner or later, this crew, I just, I want us to be ready. Okay. happens. Is 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 catching things on fire your current worry? Because I'll put that up as a priority if I need to. I'm not Cats worried about catching fire. I'm worried about them setting fires to things. Or have you found anything about that goose? <laughs> that goose. <laughs> At that point, Prawl speaks up and says, "Captain, if I could make a suggestion, I think we might be able to use this time to perhaps run some fire drills." on the EPS conduits throughout the ship. Considering how much power the Ross generates, it's always a possibility we might have a blowout. Excellent. Start drilling them, keep them out of trouble. I can provide fire if you need to, Captain. Ah! <laughs> this is how it starts. This is my ship. This is my ship. I love There's that. an alarming chirp coming through sensors. And Prawl leans over the tactical, giving kind of a, a curious look. You see the Trill's eyes quirk up a little bit and says, Captain, I'm detecting a ship entering the system. Decor class Ferengi cruiser. And it's matching the registry of the Liquidator. liquidator. They're coming into hailing frequencies range, Captain. All right, hail them. Coming on screen. <laughs> Appearing on screen 
is a Ferengi who has... You, you didn't realize that it was physically capable for a Ferengi to have that big of a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> and yet, there's Sprack B, looking back at you, dressed in finery, sitting center chair of the Decora-class cruiser Liquidator. And with flair, he throws his hands up and goes, Captain. Captain? Damon. Oh. Damon. I bet you didn't know I was your Damon. I was. I am again. Damon Sprack. It has a nice, it's always had a nice ring. Glad that you might hear it ring again. What brought about your reversal of fortunes? Oh, we have a bit of a story to tell you, Captain. I have your crew members on board. Not just your crew members, we also have my treacherous brother in custody, as well as some interesting information concerning a trade he made with a certain Romulan of your acquaintance. We'll expect you aboard presently, then. My transporter chief will be in touch. Excellent. Oh, and Captain, before you go, um, if I might just recommend that if you're somebody who likes to see things that are pleasing to the eye, uh, I would suggest an external view so that you can see the liquidator in all of her glory. She's really quite the vessel. <laughs> I appreciate your looking out for my aesthetic sense. You're very welcome, Captain. Uh, back out. Cuts. Prawl just says, at least we don't have to worry about him being on board anymore. I oh. think he's finally wearing suits him. He got a happy ending. We can be happy. Yeah, what that's assuming, Vryn turns around, that this is the last time we're going to have to deal with him. And Ferengi work like earth gum on your shoe. I have noticed. Not to sound discriminatory. Obviously, Ferengi are wonderful people. I'm just saying they don't they don't go away. They Especially if you make friends with one or one that... Yeah, this is a good course heading, Captain. I'm going to say it's station keeping. I'm going to go okay. check on Singh and uh, okay. check on down. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. Mm-hmm. Commander, shall we head down to the transporter pod and meet our returning crew? Presently. Down at the transporter pad, Chief Singh sees you walk in and gives a small smile under that fine black beard of his and turns towards the transporter pad and begins to energize. You see as the blue columns of energy begin to scatter across the transporter pad and begin to form into the shapes of your crew members, as the beams clear, you see your returning uh, crew as well as Daemon Skag, who again is wearing the full refinery of a typical Daemon now. They're all returned. So Macrell, Lacat, and Olin back on board along with Damon Skag. You mean Sprack? Sprack, Sprack sorry. I'm gonna always get those two's names. Yeah, it's okay. Sprack. It's all right. You can tell the difference because one is a Damon and the other is about to be in our break. <laughs> the other one is a prisoner. Uh, I'll just be like, 
Uh, Captain, uh, we had such a nice vacation. <laughs> I've never seen a vacation quite so productive. Yes. Uh, the intelligence that you um, shared with us was actually quite accurate. In fact, we might want to interrogate Sprague as soon as possible before he forgets any of his important details of the deal. Hmm? I see. Um, sorry, <laughs> I need to speak up here. And uh, Sprack steps off the transport pad, and the daemon says, first of all, permission to come aboard. Permission granted, Damon. Thank you. Um, as I was saying, I, unfortunately, I don't think my dear brother is going to be able to be interrogated at the moment. But uh, I can make give you assurances that we've extracted all the information we can and can present it to you as necessary, as well as some of the information we were able to uncover in the data core of my ship. Uh, if, you're, had it. if you're curious as to some of the finer details of why that is the case, I'd be more than happy to brief you uh, later, Captain. I think I'll be needing after-action reports on this whole circumstance as quickly as possible. It sounds like quite the vacation. Vacation is certainly a word for something akin to what we did, I guess. Yes, I, and, and Lacat brought souvenirs. She Ooh. did. She has gifts for everyone. She holds up a Horgon and just says, I still don't fully understand what this is, Captain. Aren't you trained in anthropology, Ambassador? I am, and trust me, I explained several times. I, I just don't... That's fine. It'll make good kindling, if nothing else, if, like, we're in a survival situation. Sorry, seems to be... a souvenir. The cat nods. Do you have each... You have one for each of us. There were just a lot of them. I thought that I was supposed to get one for everybody. So they were oh. they were essentially all they had in the gift shop, to be perfectly honest. It's not I'll see your reports on my desk in the hour. And I'm out. <laughs> okay, you turn on heel and they watch you leave and the cat just goes, There was a fight in a gift shop and we had to buy them all or they were gonna be angry with us. It's so the very policy of you break it, you buy it, and we broke most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Oh, and yes. I guess a broken horgon means something that a lot of the locals we're not particularly excited about. So I didn't break anything, um, but uh, there you go. <laughs> I want to walk up to Lakat and just accept the gift. <laughs> she looks at you and goes, "Oh yeah," and hands it to you, and says, um, "Permission to be dismissed to prepare for this debriefing." Permission granted. Uh, and it's she hands one to Chief Sang on the way out, <laughs> and Sang looks at it and goes, "Oh no, 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 no!" I'll and Zach goes, "I'll take that." And <laughs> uh, Olin excuses themselves and follows after uh, the captain. Okay. Uh, the, the captain. The captain. Okay. Um, Tech will sort of eye up all the Horgons and then turn to Sing and be like, we're just going to put all this in the replicator, right? We can just beam it in there. Oh, yes, Chief. We can re we can recycle all of this. Oh, yeah. I, I meant you. Sorry. Bye. And then 
he'll pop out. <laughs> no, I guess I'll take care of this then. <laughs> um, catching up to the captain just as they enter the turbo lift. Um, you see Olin approaching just as the doors are about to close and they just they open back up. Ambassador? Captain? Tell me at least you got some sun. Something. I mean, even if I did, do you think it would do anything with this particular complexion? Maybe something uh, for the vitamin D levels. Maybe something for the warmth. For, fair enough. I did make sure that the cat went on a couple of hikes. Ah, I'm sure that suited her at least. And yes. the whatever I will read in an hour with an after-action report. Drinks with an umbrella in them? Of course, Anything, of course. any real... A nice <sighs> vacation romper, shades, some tropical drinks, a book, a couple of very good books. I, I tend to vacation rather quietly. I did do, go on a couple of, of scuba dives, though. Those were very lovely. I'm sure you didn't catch this lift to tell me about your scuba dives. Is there anything I can do? Uh, if you don't mind, I would rather actually prefer to give you my debriefing uh, verbally, if that's all right. I will, of course, put it in a report, but I thought you should know as soon as possible that we were not the only people there with an interest in Scrag, which is why he's not available for questioning right now. Who and what did they do to Scrag? <laughs> they didn't do anything to him that a Klingon wouldn't do. Apparently, Scrag has been making deals with all kinds of people on Admiral Lindak's behalf. And so, Klingons were hunting him. We ran into each other on Risa. Since we were both after the same quarry, we cut a bit of a deal with them. We got the liquidator, they got Scrag. enough exchange did give us quite a bit of detail though in the interim and I think we made some friends with the people on that ship so if we need any further detail at some point we probably just need to contact them oh it was a ship crew it was uh, the IKS Porku I believe I haven't heard of it no, not familiar to me either, but their crew is very, very efficient. The commander was something else. I think you would have liked her. Hmm. Maybe someday. But we have a lot on our plate, and I think Klingon involvement is the least of our problems right now. <laughs> well, the other thing I can tell you is it's more likely than not we'll run into them again. They are also assigned to the Shackleton Expanse. Hmm. So, Captain, just for your knowledge, you're aware of every ship that is stationed in Shackleton, and this is the first you've heard. That tracks. 
Well, I mean, it's the first Dolan is heard too, so. Mm, I mean, you're kind of getting an update. You, you guys, here. It's, it's, it's completely possible that you're getting this information before Admiral April Hebert gets it or got it. Or it's possible that Aber already knows and just hasn't communicated it to the Ross yet. There's a ship out there that has intelligence that our Klingon allies have not shared with us, are hunting the same quarry, which means they have a fairly large pool of intelligence, and they're being assigned in our working area. Exactly the radically coincidental place that a nigh-omnipotent trickster being has been repeatedly urging us to go, and that is roughly the sequence of thoughts contained in... Hmm. <laughs> okay. In any case, Captain, um, I shouldn't be surprised if we ran into them again. Uh, and if we don't, then, well, the Shackleton Expanse is rather large, and we can just chalk it up to that. In the meantime, we'll see what we can get off of this Liquidator's data core. And not only that, I have a... I had an idea. Uh, I know I don't exactly need to run it by you, but I wanted to let you know what I was up to. Um, and that is, uh, I'm going to be reaching out at some point to the Federation Diplomatic Corps and trying to get in contact with whoever it is that's currently uh, assigned to Romulus and see if I can't get some information there. Or at least let them know that stuff is going down in case they're not aware. So, at least with your permission. I thought everything we went through wrapped up rather nicely with their stuff. I mean, with the ship that's following us. Yes. Well, if the Diplomatic Corps has any information that they are at liberty to share with us, I would always be obliged. Well, we're often much more in the dark than you are, but every now and again, if the right person has their to the ground, I'm sure they could pick up something. So be good to know what on earth is happening with that Romulan civil war I keep hearing about. At the very least, the Federal Diplomatic Corps, Federation Diplomatic Corps might have some insight into what's the current climate on the planet is, at the very least. Good luck, then, and let me know. I hope you have a better time talking to your superiors than uh, I do sometimes with mine. I haven't spoken to my superior since I got assigned. So Ooh. this will be the first time for me. Have fun. The door is open as you see the bridge of the USS Ross before you and the deep blues and the pale lights all around you, Olin. It's very familiar to step back onto the bridge. Um, you see all the familiar Ox crew members that are uh, spattered around, currently doing busy work for a, for a ship that's not currently going anywhere, are keeping quite busy uh, analyzing the data that's coming in. However, as you step out onto the bridge, the first thing you see is Prawl step forward to meet both you and the captain. Um, Prawl nods and says, welcome back, Ambassador. Uh, thank you so much, Prawl. Did uh, keep my chair warm for me. I did, and there is a priority message for you currently on the line, Ambassador. 
the Secretary of Exterior, Azalis Jat, is requesting to speak with you. Huh. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Thank you. I will take it uh, downstairs. Uh, uh, not downstairs. You know what I mean. I will take it down in the diplomatic suites. I'll be back, Captain, if you'll excuse me. Absolutely. And I hop back in the turbo lift and I head back down to my office. Okay. Um, Olin, when you reach the promenade deck moments later, when the doors open, you are hit with a wall of sound. Because the promenade deck is currently being host is currently hosting what seems to be a music festival. <laughs> there is a large c gathering of ox crew, and the sounds of acoustic guitars and percussion and bagpipes can be clearly heard echoing out all throughout the promenade area as soon as you enter. And you can hear laughter and clapping as people are playing along on what looks like a makeshift stage being surrounded by some pretty spectacular miniaturized firework displays in the background thanks to the clever hollow emitters fashioned all over the promenade deck. Um, you see members of the Ox crew, Crewman Mikhail, Ensign Andred, Lieutenant Mello, and Lieutenant Jola. All seem to be up on stage, blasting and playing along to what seems to be an improvised Celtic folk festival happening right there on the promenade deck. It's an unusual sight to see Ox crew and like a bursted moment of celebration, but it's clear that a few of the members of the Ox crew decided to take the captain's orders to relax to heart. And synth the hall, drinks are being passed around and everyone seems to be having a good, uniforms are open and casual, like, Everyone seems to be enjoying themselves. Um, My own duty. This absolutely. Do you want to be down there, Exio? I do. Okay. <laughs> um, you do see Commander Exio is currently. Um, looks like probably freshly arrived, maybe just before you, Olin, because as Exio is entering this crowd of people, a few of the Ox crew seeing Exio step in, smiling, acknowledging that they're off duty kind of open their arms to wel welcome their XO into the group and immediately pass her a drink. Um, you see a few people teaching what looks like an Andorian crew member how to river dance in the center of what looks like a floor. And the Andorian is kind of like watching their feet, um, taking it rather rather cautiously, rather slowly, making sure that they're getting all of these steps right. Um, I know the how to river dance. Yeah. yeah. What's that? I know how to river dance. One of you my, do? One, one of my EXCs is dance. That's that's right. Do you want to join in? Yes, but I'm not taking the scene. I'm, this is, I, I just wanted to be there. That's all you get. Okay. River dance. So, and I'm waving at you, Olin. Go on. <laughs> Bye. Hello. Wow. Uh, put your arms down, Exio. This is River Dance. And you just see Tech over like a buffet table. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. I might have to go out there and join them when I'm done with this. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, Olin kind of takes us in, and they have a big, big smile on their face, acknowledging everybody as they're walking towards their office. Crewman uh, uh, Crewman Mikhail, who is currently up on the stage and actually playing the acoustic guitar, um, you can see um, is Crewman member Crewman Mikhail. You know is um, it goes by Misha for short, and Misha is actually one of Commander Prawl's most trusted security officers. Um, 
what you know about Misha is that uh, Misha is technically a Federation Ranger. They're, he's kind of like elite special forces, good for like hostage extraction and infiltration, stuff like that, used as a sort of a last resort and was specifically requested on the USS Ross by Prawl um, due to his service record. You also know that this friendly, um, like handsome-faced Arabic man is a huge fan of cultural music across the spectrum and is enjoying playing this loud Celtic tune, spots you and nods to you and shouts out ambassador and you get a lot of the ox crew shouting ambassador and like raising the raising their mugs as sort of like the hyperactive energy is spreading through uh, the crowd. It's the new huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I think that kind of startles Alin just a little bit. Uh, they're not used to that level of like attention from the crew. Uh, mm -hmm. It's sort of, so when they when they come into their office, they're kind of sort of like, you know, straightening their uniform and kind of a little bit flustered, and but also like, hmm. good crew, it's a very nice crew. You see, on the computer in front of you is the insignia of the Federation, along with the quick. A description of who it is who's calling. The UFP Secretary of the Exterior is in the President's inner circle. This is the head of the diplomatic corps for Starfleet Command. Great. Uh, before I take it, I, I just, is there anybody in the office right now? Like any of my no, other? No, it's just you. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, then in that case, I just uh, really quickly type out um, uh, department uh, debrief at uh, uh, 0800, uh, basically, and just send that out. Uh, okay. Uh, to the to, to my group uh, and then i think i take the message on screen looking up from maybe a data pad you see the elderly afrosian male um and a mentor of yours to the diplomatic corps and a friend of your father's it's been a while since you've seen his face the big tuft of white hair coming off the front of his uh the front of his face over his lips and down he's got these vibrant electrical blue eyes and this mane of white hair that cascades down the corner down the size of his very fine looking uh, ambassadorial robed uniforms he also bears a lot of insignias showing his rank in office this is a lifetime dedicated to diplomacy and the look on his face is this he he does these things that afrosians are sometimes known for but his head jerks up and he stares right at you and you've known him long enough olin to know that is a bad look and he just says olin you're looking well is uh something wrong sir cutting straight to it i see yes i understand that my contacting you is a bit unusual Yes, something is very, very wrong. He removes his little glasses. He unpins them from his the bridge of his nose and says, We have received an accounting of an assault upon a Dominion ambassador at Starbase 105. Now, I'm not calling to chastise you or to strip you of your current position. Your father has pulled strings, I have pulled strings, and it hasn't been made known who's responsible for this. We do have video, however. Security footage shows the events as they took place, but none of this is as important as the fact that in retribution, 
This Dominion ambassador has contacted the Romulan embassy to inform them of the trade that the Federation made in secret with the Dominion. We've got lucky, Olin, because the Romulan he reached out to, unknowingly a friend of ours, is Ambassador Pagino, stationed at Narendra Station. Ambassador Pagino is going to be awaiting you when you arrive. He has terms he wishes to discuss. Yes, sir. I understand. Olin, you can't let these people get to you or they win. Do you understand? I do, sir. Believe me when I say that I consider much of my discourse with Nadrin to have been a failure on my part. And I did let my temper get the best of me. And that is all I will say. This could have been catastrophic. You are in a position of such power and influence. The decisions you make can have a ripple effect across the governments of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants. Now, given the nature of this mission, and the fact that we were dealing directly with Founder Odo through his attaché, I don't see any lasting effects from this. And because I am fully aware of your value to the diplomatic corps, we can let this matter rest, but you are out of credit at the bank, as the Ferengi like to say. We cannot have something like this ever happen again, Olin. Understood. But that's not the only reason why I'm contacting you. I'm also contacting you to congratulate you. Because without you, the USS Ross would not have been able to accomplish her mission in capturing the Changeling. You did well, using the resources available to you to secure the technology that was required in order to capture the Changeling. Thank you. And because of that, I'm being allowed by the president to keep you at your post. Understood. My first diplomatic mission, I got drunk and I confused a Romulan ambassador with a Vulcan ambassador. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life, and it cost me dearly. I think we're all going to have mistakes, Olin. But above all, we cannot take things personally. We have to remove ourselves from the equation when we're talking on behalf of the Federation. course. Well, hopefully we'll never have to have this conversation again. Well done on the mission. And let's use this 
rare opportunity to learn from our mistakes. You have my assurance this will not happen again. You're a fine ambassador, Olin Marginio. Starfleet out. Well, at least he didn't ask me to say I was sorry. No, notably he did not. Um, and Olin uh, goes over to the replicator and uh, makes himself a cup of tea and sits down and starts writing up their report. Okay. Back up on the bridge. We'll say an hour passes unless anybody has anything they want to do before we get back to it. Okay. The debrief. Everyone gathers together in the room. Um, Tech, you are slightly winded, just a little bit. <laughs> after after eating that much and dancing, you're slightly you know, a little bit. Exio, of course, looking immaculate as uh, she walks through the door, being a hologram, completely fine. I've, even though dancing nonstop, data style for like an hour. <laughs> um, as you're all filtering into the room, friend sits down and he's like, "What happened to you? Are you okay?" Dancing. It's just a bit of dancing. Dancing? Where? Where was there dancing? I didn't know there was dancing. And the promenade. It's, it was so loud. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot there's supposed to be a thing today. Okay, that's that's fine. Shift We're is on. over. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll still be going. It'll be going. It'll be going until the wee hours. I'm sure. I mean, and LaCat didn't get a chance to go, so maybe you could ask her. Hey, La Cat, and she's like, probably not. And he ah. goes, oh, okay. I tried. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then in true La Cat fashion, goes, actually, you know what? Yes. Unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll go. So this is good. Uh, and, and you too, Doctor. You know, you've got more dexterity than most of us. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> that, point, that is Paul, true. Speak... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, McCrawl. I just said that is true. Prawl uh, uh, just Prawl starts to sit down and says, "Let's uh, settle, everyone. Let's settle." Takes a seat at the chair. Sprack slides into the long chair. It is impossibly larger than he is. He just kind of leans back in it and goes, "You suppose you could replicate one of these for me? Would you?" I could pay. Get right on it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to knowingly look at him and go, Damon. Ah, yes. That is a sweet sound coming from you, Doctor. And, oh. and everybody else, feel free to call me Damon as well. Instead of Sprack, I'm, I'm going by Damon for a while. Just got to click back in. <laughs> Good afternoon. Have I missed anything, or are we ready to get started? I'm ready. Say the word, Captain. So, 
Apparently, uh, we went to Raisha. There were some Klingons there. They were also searching for my brother. I didn't realize that my brother could possibly be there. We uncovered his location, and uh, there was a big fight with the Nausicans by the poolside. Absolutely thrilling to watch from afar. And uh, when it was all over, we had uh, my brother in custody. I was able to reclaim my ship and maroon only about 12 of the crew members unfortunately everyone else uh is now in my debt as according to ferengi law so they'll be in servitude for the next hold on well the daemon is calculating <laughs> did we get anything from the data core and, and also, Captain, uh, just to re reiterate, it wasn't really a fight, more like an altercation with oils. As is the Rycian way. 96 years! So, <laughs> loyalty of being assured, I now have full control of my ship and can say with assurances, Captain, that the data that is in the main core of my computer is yours at a bargain price. Sounds like a plan. Let us say that room, board, and military-grade warp speed transportation that you have been given over the past few weeks constitute payment in trade. Yes, and your personal escort to Ryza to altercate your brother. Of course, the contracted this... services. This I find to be perfectly acceptable. All debts paid, the information will be yours. Value given for value received. So when can I expect the core? This is your daemon. You can commence the info transfer immediately. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, daemon, that's right. He clicks it off and says, and about that point, you see on the computer screen, you see information start to stream over from the, uh, the liquidator. Uh, the first thing that you see is sensor data starting to appear on the screen, and that grabs Prawl's attention, who leans forward on the, on the table. Because you see on the sensor screen your first image of what looks like this variant of Tavaro-class Romulan warbird. It's only very brief but you see the deep green hull and the vibrant seafoam green nacelles that kind of like blade-like on the sides. Um, for Ox crew who might be watching at home, I am absolutely borrowing from the stunningly gorgeous design of the Tavaro Warbird in Star Trek Online. It is so cool looking. Um, so if you need a picture of that, that is essentially what you all see on this sensor screen, uh, the readout. Now the Tavaro Warbird, as far as the Federation know, has been out of use for over a hundred years. Um, it is an old Romulan ship. This one follows the same basic design patterns, but looks wholly updated and completely different. It is dramatically smaller. It's about scale four. How detailed are these schematics? Can we use them? No schematics, just sensor images. Just, just sensor images. images, yeah. And no internal sensor readings you only get a read on essentially the frame of the ship. This apparently is the ship that belongs to one Admiral Mindak. 
And if my brother is to be believed, and I believe after the Klingon hit him the third time, he is to be believed. Uh, the ship's name is the Aliaha. Uh, I don't speak Romulan. A, a, uh, a, 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 Can anybody help him? Aha. That's what it was. Aha. Okay. Do you mind spelling it for them? The spelling is A E H. A-L-L-H. Um, who here? Oh, I think that's actually you. Exio. And, um... Yes? Might actually be you too, Olin. Yes. Um... You both I have... have, have you, you don't speak Romulan? I have linguistics, so probably. And okay. I... I <laughs> Let's both who whoever wants to make the roll and assist here. I'll I'll assist on this one if you like okay. me to, or do you want to do it the other way around? It depends on what this roll is. I don't know what's happening. This is going to be a linguistics check. So this oh. is literally going to be, uh, this is going to be your reason plus I think. Hmm. Ooh, this is this is interesting. I think this would be a reason con check. No, no, no I'm sorry. A uh, a reason. I would say reason science check. Okay. And I uh, will command as well because it kind of falls into both but science mostly. So if you've got a reason, if you've got high reason science. I have really good, I have a decent reason science check, but. Okay. The difficulty is one. Um, actually, Olin, I will suggest that I assist you. I have languages as a base counselor form in case anyone wants to have sessions with me in their native tongue, but it is not a specific specialty of mine. Okay. Uh, it is just a subset of a program of mine. Um, and since this is what you specifically do, I will assist you. Okay. Uh, then I'll make the reason science. Ooh, it's my very first reason science check. And you guys might get some momentum from this. Difficulty is one. And Exio, go ahead and um, I would say make an insight science check for you. Okay. So I'm using a focus. So let's see how this goes. Ooh, uh, I got three successes. Okay. And so that's going to be three total momentum you all generate because Exio got one. Yay! Four total, you hit a difficulty of one, so three momentum for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. This word in Romulan means, it could mean a couple of things. It could mean ghost, specter, wraith. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, If you have you communicated this out loud, or is this something that I'll? Uh, I think I think uh, considering that I've received an assist from uh, Exio on this, then I would probably have started like a little bit of a dialogue. Yeah, speculating a lot. Well, it could mean this, or oh yes, and with this sort of inflection, it could mean that. Like along with Exio, we're kind of going yeah. over. Exio, Macrell, Azari, the three of you. If you want to spend one momentum, I'll give you an obtain information check here. Because this is, Star Trek Adventures does specify that if there is information to be had, a GM can tell you that there's something to gain here if you want to spend the momentum. Yes, please. We do. So for those of you who have the physiological capability of experiencing this, a chill runs up your spine. Because long ago, in conversations with Wellix, 
He was having nightmares about being sucked out into the void of space after being chased by a ghost. It was months ago you had that conversation with him in the halls, in the, in the corridors of the USS Ross, where he was telling you about how it was waking him up at night, which would seem to suggest that Wellix might subconsciously, or even consciously, know something about Mindak and this weapon. Dr. McCrell. Um, yeah. We need to pull up. We've been keeping track of his, um, well, uh, we've got sessions. Formed to, yes. uh, to start keeping a dream journal and things of the nature and um, in the form of the, the holodeck scenario where he was supposed to start replicating memories. There might be stuff we can um, interpret as possibly less than imaginary of his sort of dream state and start interpreting those dreams for what they are in reality. Yes, but I would suggest that we tread very carefully. Right now, his mental stability is questionable, and yes. if we, if we create the, the dreams and nightmares that have been literally haunting him... Oh, yes, no, I don't mean to involve him in them. I mean for us to possibly hunker down and, and start sifting through those past journals with a different perspective. Yes, yes, I see. To find subconscious hidden meanings within uh, the symbolicness of it all. I agree. Let's. I can pull my records, you can pull yours, and we could compare and contrast. And he might be willing to tell us a little bit about anything he does consciously know if he knows that he was being asked for by name. If so I'm inclined to interview him. Yes, I would I would agree that we should um I've been working with him trying to keep his mind staying active and giving him different activities to do and it seems to be helping him keeping him a little bit more alert. But if he is suppressing these types of memories they might be too far gone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just, oh. this is nothing to do with me. Sure, if I, you don't need anything else, I'm going to head back to my ship and get underway, Captain, if that's all right. Quite. Well, it's been great. He stands up and says, listen, if you ever run into that Orion, and you know who I'm talking about, uh, just tell him I said thanks. He's a good guy. Not too bad. If he lives, you should do business with him. Catch y'all later. Thank you again. Damon Sprack is out. And he walks out the door. And Vren just says, I should have been a Damon. I'm I'm gonna like under my breath being like, is it weird that I'm going to miss him? And Owen yeah. just sort of yeah. says immediately. Owen leans over and says, hmm, I Counseling is always available. <laughs> I will not miss him that much. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Tackle lean over with Bren, and we're actually I want to look closer at the the image that we got. Is there any way um, that we can enhance what we've been scanning now that we have some sort of visual data? We can sort of fine tune these scans that we've been working on. It's entirely possible that. 
Let me put it this way. It's entirely possible that you might be able to detect a shadow now in a way that you couldn't before. And if the very least you have some data that can, that can inform the computer when it is making its calculations on its scanned, on its data that it has scanned. In other words, you might have marginally increased your ability to detect this thing, but if it's Romulan cloaking technology, right now the only thing you have to go on is neutron radiation. So, so far you've been able to detect its presence, but locating it while it's out there is still elusive as hell. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Aki. I hesitate to ask because I don't know the medical implications of such a, a, a maneuver, but if uh, Wellix is experiencing subconscious interference that he may or may not remember, what is the viability of telepathy to help him retrieve some of those memories? Have okay. we consulted with any of the Vulcans aboard? That is one avenue that we have yet to try. The unstable nature of his brain at the moment could be permanently damaging to anyone who telepathically connects to him. Doing some kind of mind meld could be catastrophic, We're considering that his mind is not fully well to meld with. Understand. We can't do it anyway. His intelligence, it would be putting precious classified information at the hands of Federation officers. We could not ask that of him. He would refuse. I know I would. I was just curious. It's a good instinct. If we could get there, it might help, but... We can't ask a Romulan to trust us too much. I'd say he's gone above and beyond with the trust already, but... Exactly. <laughs> this may sound strange, but on Earth they say that when it comes to paranormal spirits like ghosts, uh, certain animals like dogs and cats were able to sense them. It was like an old wives tale. I'm not saying that's actually true, but what if we took something like that scenarily wise? Because right now we are using our sensors in a way. Is there a way to do this outside of the box to make it... Because right now we're obviously looking for something, but maybe we just need to sense something not with a sensor this probably doesn't make any sense i'm trying to use metaphors which i'm not very good at and and earth romulans are notoriously difficult to sense yes and so are ghosts yet they say little kitties and dogs can sense them um... am i the kitty or the dog in this scenario no. Oh, no, this is absolutely hooking patients up to the sensor array. No, 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 We all thought no. this it was the inevitable consequence. You bag the dog, and now all of a sudden... If anything, I would someone. be... Uh, if anything, I would be volunteering myself, but that would not work. I'm not saying to hook up any animal to sensors. No, no, no. I'm saying we should use that kind of... Intuition. Oh. 
it's not thank wrong. you tech yes to we're used to looking on a certain spec set of spectra and yes. stealth capabilities have always been predicated on hiding around those and on our known sensor capabilities if we're going to find this ship we shouldn't try to pierce their best defended point their intentionally built stealth what aren't they mindful of us seeing look at see what you can figure out yes captain Prawl leans forward and says, if they follow the same rules as cloaking technology on other vessels, the, that device probably draws a lot of power. And a ship that size probably doesn't have a lot to spare. A very good point. You work with the lieutenant. Figure it out. All right. We all have our work cut out for us, I think. Vryn raises his hand and says, I'm sorry, Captain, I just, real quick, um, are we still on shore leave technically, or is that done, So, What we are doing now is we are doing a low-power passive scan of this nebula from within the nebula, if we can manage it. Uh, I can take us in. Excellent. It is a Mutara-class nebula, though, Captain, so it's going to be bumpy. Oh, and it might disrupt the scanners of any cloaked Romulan vessel looking for us. Definitely, but it'll also disrupt our own shields and sensors. Well, then you better fly well. Oh, that's easy. I can do that, yeah. I can do that. All right. Dismissed. All right. Um, Everyone headed out onto the bridge... Friend slides into the helm. Says, forward momentum, one quarter impulse power taking us towards the nebula. You see this splash of pinks and purples and dark golds all in front of the view screen right now. This nebula is about seven light years across. It is a big nebula. Um, as y'all are moving into it, Vryn uh, says, We'll be reaching the perimeter of the nebula in 15 minutes. I recommend we go to yellow alert, Captain. I'm going to set yellow alert, drop ship. Yellow alert, aye. The moment the yellow lights begin to flash on the command consoles, uh, there is a party that is sadly canceled <laughs> on the promenade. <laughs> it's like, oh, kind of like, oh, as everyone immediately starts putting down their drinks, zipping up the uniforms and scattering off the promenade. Um, Can we just say that the bag bagpipes go... Yeah. As it, like, deflates. Like, <laughs> as bag, bagpipes are prone to do. <laughs> almost as if punctuating that the party is at least postponed, um, the coverings to the promenade deck immediately just... As the outer shelled hull begins, the shielding slides over those top windows, covering it completely that blue ring disappearing momentarily from the saucer section of the USS Ross. And the Ross moves towards the nebula, 15 minutes away. Um, What is everyone else doing during this process? Uh, I'm going back to the medical bay. First off, I wasn't really, you know, wanting to be on vacation. Anyway, I'm still working on Dr. Wellick's uh, I'm still working on integrating possible Borg technology to help 
you know, um, stimulate his brain activity and, and mm-hmm. help with the, the, the decaying brain tissue. And now that uh, with Exio, now that we have that idea with um, kind of comparing notes about his dreams and seeing if we can kind of maybe figure out some kind of pattern or puzzle uh, that his dreams have been subconsciously telling us. That's what yeah. I, that's what McCarl's doing. Yeah, uh, piggyback on that likewise. Um, going to be interfacing with um, Dr. McCarl while uh, going through the recorded hologram. Um, I'll be in the hologram deck, or, uh, the holodeck. The holodeck? Okay. Uh, reviewing through the, the, the actual images that he has created in the hologram mm-hmm. of replicating all of his memories that he um, was providing for us. Um, and, okay. And piecing you, that. You transfer your program down to deck 27 as deck holodecks one through four were in use before yellow alert was called. And you appear on holodeck five. This holodeck's a little bit smaller than the other ones, but it's still fully capable. And as you move over to the controls, you kind of wave your hands over them. The holographic projection comes up. Interacting with these controls is happening at incredible speeds for you, Exio, as you just move through it and start loading up um, Wellix's dream sequences as they were. And immediately these sort of miniature pocket dimensions of consciousness form in front of you, all displayed out like dreams basically just taken and scattered out in front of you in the holodeck. Um, a lot of the images are disjointed. You see the, you've helped him with this one, the faceless images of his wife and child. He's been having trouble remembering what they look like. So you see their forms out in front of you. You see a couple of other smatterings and whatnot, but what stands out to you is you see what could be looking like an apparition in space, like a void, like a pocket of space and what looks like a, a like faceless image of a humanoid emerging. And as you're looking at it a little closer, you do notice that it almost seems, maybe it has wings, like maybe a raptor's wings, which would be very in keeping with Romulan imagery since the raptor is kind of their, it's symbolic of their, their superiority, their strength, their power. Are there multiple um, classes of raptors? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, are, are there different kinds um, uh, uh, that have different functions or, or power levels or statuses? Of warbirds? Of yeah. like Romulan vessels? Yeah. Currently, the Federation is only aware of two different types of Romulan uh, warships. Okay. Uh, the, the one is the, the Derdex class, and that's the one that is the most well-known. Uh, the Derdex class is the Romulan warship that you guys have encountered already before. It is the largest, currently, it, it could be easily stated that it is the largest, well, I don't know, it's difficult to say with the Sovereign class now in service and with the USS Ross now in service, it's it's on scale. But the Romulan Derdex class warship historically has been the largest and most fearsome warship currently traveling the stars. It is a scale seven while we are a scale six. Right, it is a, it is a monster, monster ship. Um, we can still take but it. However, the Romulans do have a smaller, faster uh, attack ship, a uh, battle cruiser known as the Mogai. And the Mogai didn't make its first appearance until about the same time the, the uprising with Praetor Shinzon took place. And the Enterprise E was almost completely destroyed. 
Um, the Mogai is a brand new style ship that is actually quite large, but most of it is wing. It literally resembles a giant raptor in space. It's almost like the Romulans took it a little literally this time and tried to create a battleship that resembled something that could intimidate its opponents. All right. Well, can I pull up an image of what we know that looks like and sort of uh, mm -hmm. low, lower the opacity and see if the the sort um, of match it? The, yeah, if the physical structure is sort of his image. I'm sort of talking out loud with with McCrell. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's put um, the puzzle put, pieces put, together. Put them over each other and see if the symbolism is lining up that he is assigning this image to a person to further emulate that this that whoever the captain of this ship is that he is afraid of he uh, he obviously possibly is equating them as one image this ship is this person and if someone is connected to a ship they might be easier to locate so as you sort of sort you and you and McCrell begin to transpose a lot of the imagery of some of these holographic paintings as they were Mm -hmm. uh, over one another. And the thing that starts to show up again and again is this vague imagery of raptor wings constantly. And it's like different formats, but what you do pull out is the Mogai ship that you, uh, the Federation has intelligence on, does specifically have a, a almost, a, the imagery on the, ra on the ship itself almost resembles a raptor's wings underneath. Now, just to clarify, that's not unusual to find on Romulan warships. The Dideritix class technically also kind of has that same design pattern on its hull. The old Tavaro class had it almost painted onto the hull. It was part of the imagery, blatantly imagery, like onto the hull itself to where it looked like the under half of a bird. Um, this one is a lot more subtle. And as you continue to sort of transpose that, let's do an investigation roll here. So instead of doing an extended task, I think it's more appropriate to just do a straight up insight command roll. Um, and if there wants to be an assist, I'll take a reason uh, security check. Uh, you, uh, let me assist. This is my strong roll. So. Yeah, that, you can, yeah. Okay. This is coming from a medical profession and using what you know of psychology, McCrell. I'm gonna say that while Exio is rolling Insight Command, um, I would say using your knowledge, I would say for you, it's Insight Medicine. Okay, because I could, uh, okay. But uh, you might secure. have a specialty that would apply. Uh, -boo -boo. Oh wait, you're assisting though, correct? I'm assisting, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't matter. So then, uh, What's up, Exio? I was just going to say, uh, in, in a weird focus, um, would I be able to use my Hollow Artist EXE to sort of decipher the meanings of these? That's a great paintings? idea. Mm. That's uh, a great idea. Yes, you right. can absolutely also, use your hardwood. Check, is there another assist from the Ross? Um, you know, in this case, with Exio kind of playing the Ross like a harpsichord, I think absolutely. <laughs> You're basically right now, and you're using it. Plus, this symphony together. Yes, essentially, this coupled with your knowledge of psychology, the fact that you've become very integrated and aware of, and have built a, a file on the personality traits of Wellix, um, you're. This would absolutely be an artist rendition of like putting together psychologically 
mm. what this Romulan might have been image imagining in, in the mind and cross-reference it with some of the images that you have. Mm-hmm. So, and my, my psychiatry focus would not come into play either. Okay. Um, what, what I will say, with, it's okay because yeah, you're, you're assisting anyway, so. Um, but yes, let's say that the Ross is assisting. Okay. Should the Ross roll computers medicine or? That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah, let's have the Ross roll computers medicine. Um, and 